The latest American city to experience violence is Kenosha, Wisconsin. That's right, Kenosha, Wisconsin. It's a city of around 90,000 people. It's the home of snap-on tools and jockey underwear. It's famous for the Mars Cheese Castle, which is a big store that sells, you guessed it, cheese. A cheese store in Wisconsin? What a surprise. They are cheeseheads, remember? It's also home to the Dinosaur Discovery Museum and, best of all, the Jelly Belly Center, a big candy store and warehouse where you can or or where you used to be able to jump aboard the Jelly Belly trolley and take a tour. Unfortunately, it closed down recently. A person who took the tour said in a review, I wish the tour guide was a little more enthusiastic, but a fun tour and a great gift shop. Another said, it's a cute little train ride around the Jelly Belly warehouse. How can you not be enthusiastic about jelly beans? Remember who used to love Jelly Belly jelly beans? It was President Ronald Reagan. He got on to them when he was the governor of California, and he received a monthly shipment of them at the White House, too. He used to say, you can tell a lot about a fellow's character by his way of eating jelly beans. How true. And they are great jelly beans, aren't they? Truly addictive. Who would have thought that this small city in Wisconsin, with beautiful tree-lined streets and cheese stores and underwear and jelly beans, would erupt into violence after police shot and wounded Jacob Blake? This was a place that you would have thought people would have been more thoughtful and would have waited until they knew the facts before they broke out the torches and tried to burn down the city. But that's not the case, not in Kenosha, and maybe not anywhere in America anymore. Cities big and small are now experiencing riots. What's next? Will small towns soon be erupting in violence too? I know that demonstrators have tried to move their protest into the suburbs, but so far they haven't had much success trying to do that. Since most of the protesters and rioters seem to be white, they're probably more comfortable when they're in the suburbs conducting their protest, being a little closer to home. A shorter commute is always desirable. This time, the riots started very quickly, within hours of the shooting. Police were trying to arrest Mr. Blake because they had a warrant for his arrest. He was involved in a domestic abuse situation about a month ago. When they tried to detain him, Mr. Blake was able to get up off the ground where several officers had been trying to subdue him, and then he forced his way up, and he walked around his vehicle and opened the front door. He was then shot multiple times in the back. He may have had a knife. He may have been reaching for a weapon in the vehicle. Clearly, he was resisting arrest. But did that justify the shooting? Even now, we don't really know enough about this shooting. He was taken to a hospital, and he'll recover, but it's possible that he may never walk again. Police are not talking about the shooting, and they don't have body cam video either. Money was appropriated a while back to buy them, but the police department decided to spend the money elsewhere. Some questions may never be answered. One of the most important questions not answered is, would police have shot him if he didn't resist arrest. Naturally, all the usual suspects are jumping on the bandwagon to support the rioters. 
even with no evidence. Evidence and investigations are no longer needed in America when it comes to the police shooting a black person. You must accept what the mob dictates or else. And the NBA is canceling playoff games too. You'd expect that. The players are demanding immediate change without really knowing what happened. They already know enough to blame the police as usual, and that's enough. And as usual, they have no intention of trying to solve the real problems in our cities. And when they talk change, they never even bring up any specifics. One thing that is coming out of all of this, though, is that there seems to be a growing belief that if a black person doesn't want to be arrested and resists arrest, the police should back off completely and let the person leave the area and go home or go anywhere they want, maybe to a movie. I guess the police are supposed to go find the person later and ask nicely if they would accompany them to the police station. Or maybe they shouldn't arrest anyone anymore. Maybe from now on, it should be up to the person who commits the crime to decide if they should be arrested or not. If that happens, we're going to have a lot of empty jails. And that's just what the radical left wants. If the rule of law is lost in America, it would suit them just fine. I hope we get a lot more information about what really happened to Jacob Blake. And when we do, if the police were at fault, they should be punished. And if they didn't do anything wrong, they shouldn't be punished. But whatever happens, it should happen only after a thorough investigation. This rush to judgment mentality that we're seeing, this mob mentality, it's wrong. It shouldn't be this way, and it needs to stop. And the thing that's really bothering me lately are some questions that never seem to get answered. Like, who are these people who are rioting? Where do they come from? And if they can start a riot this fast in such a small place like Kenosha, Wisconsin, can it happen anywhere? Will it happen anywhere? And we keep hearing that they aren't really an organized group. But then we see the rioting start within hours of the shooting in Kenosha, and that tells me that they really are organized. How did they get there so fast? It also tells me that they're well-funded, too. And that says a lot. So I've spent some time trying to learn more about the rioters, and of course I'm not talking about the peaceful protesters, some of whom are sincere. Some are just trying to act morally superior, and some who just want to get out of the house. An article on the CNN website written on May 31st says that the rioters are from the far left and the far right. The writer says that local and federal officials are still trying to quantify how significant a role the outside groups are playing. The article recognizes that Antifa is playing a role in the violence. And then it says, Antifa describes a broad group of people whose political beliefs lean towards the left, often the far left. Leans to the left? More like topples to the left. CNN says Antifa positions can be hard to define, but many members support oppressed populations and protest the amassing of wealth by corporations and elites. Some employ radical or militant tactics to get out their messages. I guess if you consider burning and looting and throwing bricks at the police radical by some members of Antifa, yeah, they are radical, 
or, as CNN says, some are radical. I think when you claim to support oppressed people and try to convince them to rise up against the duly elected government and then want to confiscate money from people who have earned it and redistribute it, I think there's a definition for that. I think it's called communism, but I could be wrong. It could also be authoritarian socialism. But whether it's communism or socialism, it's not a good way to live. I can think of a lot of reasons to riot that don't include enslaving people and killing those who oppose them. But the CNN article did state that many of the riots seemed highly organized, so that's a step in the right direction. The New York Daily News on June 7th reported about the riots in New York City and Chicago and other places. Their report stated that the people who were breaking into stores and stealing things were highly organized and had rented vans to transport their loot. The only thing they left out of their article was the fact that the looters were given permission to steal because nobody tried to stop them. And the leaders of these left-wing cities are still not stopping them. In fact, the ones who are caught aren't even being prosecuted. If you encourage something, of course you're going to get more of it. The article also pointed out that many people travel from one city to another to participate in the protest. One person had been arrested 11 times in 11 different states and apparently had never been prosecuted. Then you have Time magazine. I know it's irrelevant, but they're arguing about calling them rioters or protesters. Time seems to conclude that noble protesters is more descriptive than rioters, but most leftists will always excuse rioting if it supports their beliefs. In fact, the term riot is racist according to the Time article. Of course it is. I should have realized that. So, they don't want to talk about the victims of the riots, the business owners, and the residents who have to live in the burning cities. They want to talk about the choice of words. Now, the rioters in Portland, Oregon, and Seattle, Washington, seem to be just your run-of-the-mill anarchists and Marxist socialists. Nothing new there. Leaders in those states have let them do their thing for 40 years without doing anything about it. They still think if they let them riot for just another day or two, they'll give up and go back to their communes. National Geographic got into the act, too, concluding that racism is the cause of all the riots and a search for justice, too. The article contained a lot of solid historical data, but then went off the rails calling for economic and social justice, while ignoring the real causes of poverty in our cities which are liberal policies and some cultural issues, too. Liberals always conclude that racism is the problem. That way they can avoid having to address and solve the real problems of our cities. Mother Jones, in an article headlined, Riots Aren't Irrational, says the problem is racism and police violence and rich people keeping poor people down. The riots are good, long overdue, in fact. Of course, they would say that. And the Globe Post says that the riots are an inevitable reaction to centuries of oppression and injustice. An article in the magazine Psychology Today blames white supremacists in part for the riots. 
They also say that the police are antagonizing peaceful protesters and causing them to become rioters by dressing in riot gear to protect themselves. How dare those terrible police officers try to protect themselves from people throwing bricks and Molotov cocktails and fireworks at them. And I love this line from the article. And so a third factor is the pent-up and justified rage of perpetually, systematically oppressed people. What about perpetually stupid magazine writers? There are so many other articles, but they're mostly systematically wrong. The conclusion is that the riots are a result of hundreds of years of oppression, and the people are rising up against that oppression and their right to do it. But here's my conclusion. No matter how much progress America has made when it comes to race and opportunity for all people, it'll never be enough for some. And I've also concluded that some of the rioters actually don't want to improve anything. They just like to burn and loot and throw things at anyone in authority. No country in history has tried harder or done more than America to end racial injustice. None, ever, and that's a fact. But the media and the left and the rioters always ignore the facts. So here we are. We don't know nearly enough about these people. We don't know who most of the rioters are or why they're really rioting. But we do know that they're either lying about their real reasons for rioting or they're incredibly stupid. They're demanding perfection, and that just can't happen, and they know it. And when people do that, they're doing it to hide their real reasons for rioting. It isn't to remember George Floyd, that's for certain. Attorney General William Barr and the FBI are investigating. I hope they come up with some of the answers, like who's funding this well-organized movement? I have a feeling that when we get the answer to that question, a lot of other things will fall into place. We do know a couple of things for sure. One is that as long as liberal Democrat leaders in these cities continue to let people riot and burn and loot, they'll keep doing it. Why not? They'll keep rioting until they're stopped, and they need to be stopped. The second thing is, we need to recognize the end game in all of this. The riots aren't happening because they want to improve our present form of government and make things better. That's very clear. They want something else. They want to end our democracy and replace it with a Marxist, socialist, authoritarian system. That's the real end game. And what really takes the cake is that not one Democrat politician calls them out for that. Not one. And that's very scary. And it's wrong and can't lead to anything good. There will be no end to this violence until our leaders finally decide to stop it. Once the violence has been stopped, we need William Barr and the Justice Department and the FBI to ramp up their investigation. Or maybe we need a completely separate commission to investigate the riots. We need a lot more information, much more, because it's critical that we learn all about the people who are committing these violent acts. And we need to know who's financing them, too. Until then, we're all going to be operating in the dark, and that's not a good thing. The truth is, we know almost nothing about the true nature of this spreading violence that's ruining our cities. And if we are to end it once and for all, we need to see it clearly 
and understand it. And when we learn the truth, it just might surprise everyone.